time smitches uh how is everyone doing my name is matt sometimes i go by the grass factor martin uh welcome to another episode of thirsty thursday you will have to bear with me um my voice is still not quite back after the events of uh of last week uh, for those of you that did not attend that is on you. We had our yearly meetup in Louisville, Kentucky at our uh, what we call Dirty Deeds. Uh, Dirty Deeds 2023 went off uh, quite well without a hitch. As a matter of fact, um, we had we had a great time. Uh, Ray was there. Ryan was there. Jay Pink was there. So many of the names we see in the chat right now were there. Um, and uh, and man, we we definitely left an impression on Louisville. Uh, and I feel like every year we go, um, <laughs> you know, every, every place we visit, everyone is like, wow, that was a wild event. I mean, we travel in like a tornado and we exit like a tornado, <laughs> but it's strange because we don't leave a pile of debris in our wake. And so it's a very strange sensation. I'm sure for anyone who encounters us, uh, in that in that in that time period, I, w- I will say again, 2023 went off without a hitch, but it also went off with uh, a ton of respect for everyone that was working there. Um, you know, there was there there was no questionable moments where I was like, "Oh God, this is going sideways," um, and I <laughs> I like it like that. That keeps that keeps me in a in a state of. Uh, less anxiety. I know uh, more than anyone. It keeps J Pink in a state of reduced anxiety. J Pink, let me ask: This year, uh, compared to the year where, for instance, I'm trying to use a credit card to enter my um, uh, uh, hotel room <laughs> on, a, on a scale of one to ten, what was what was the anxiety like for you this year? Uh, well, this year it was we we did a lot more, so uh-huh, I, uh-huh. I think the anxiety was still pretty high. Uh, Still that, high for JPEG. That first day I got Ray this year, uh, the whoop said 14 hours in the stress zone. That was impressive. <laughs> I have never seen that before. And, uh, and I was like, well, that means it's here. <laughs> Basically, that's 5 a.m. to 7 p.m. when it told me I was 14 hours in the stress zone. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's, a, that's always a good time. Uh, but I'm, I'm not going to lie. I had fun. This is the first time that I ever made it back to Knoxville. And I was like, uh, I would have been okay if we drove off the side of the road and just crashed. Um, uh, so it was, it was nice coming back into reality, uh, with, with the ability to smile on my face and stuff, uh, because it gets, it gets, it gets pretty intense sometimes. Um, so it's odd that, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was just, I had a great time from like the moment I got there all the way until I got home didn't even get a chance to really recover at home uh kept going (laughs) sunday i would say we hit the period of recovery and then man i'm not gonna lie monday i was i was ready to rock and roll i was like all right it's go time (laughs) i don't know about y'all but i did if you didn't have that same experience i apologize that's that that's on you yeah i Uh, i had the i had this i had a similar experience i mean uh of course uh this year, it was just an improvement upon last year and the year before that, as if the previous years needed improvement upon. Of course, That's correct. And, uh, Without a doubt. And here, here's the thing: is that nobody got arrested, uh, nobody died, and died. and however, though, uh, no heart attacks, 
No medical uh, emergency. Wait a second. We did we did have a medical emergency offsite. It was not at our event. I just want to say real quick. Uh, however, however you handle things like this, I want everyone to take a moment. Uh, a member of our community, Greek Geek, uh, also known as Nick, as he is an actual real human being, uh, had mm-hmm. an extreme medical emergency. It is 100%. He's a miracle. He's here. Um, he's home and he's recovering. Uh, if you're a praying person, I ask by all means, please say a prayer for him or thoughts, however they lay up in, in your mind, in your world, in your brain. Uh, keep him top of mind because uh, what what happened with Nick is absolutely nothing short of a miracle. And uh, and I mean 100% from the bottom of my heart. I have fought with Nick all <laughs> more than I have driver. I, I spent a solid continuous 48 hours fighting with Nick one time just to see if there I was could a whole, break There him. was a whole channel. Literally, go, literally dedicated to fighting with Nick. On yeah, sport. yeah. Like, and you see, it's made it's a whole separate mostly channel. empty now. Um, and you know, Nick is Nick is a genuinely a person that I send a Christmas card to every year because I love to argue with people. I don't think that's any uh, any shocking <laughs> thing. That's obvious that if mm-hmm. and if, if anybody in here thinks, that, well, does Matt like arguing with me? If you don't know the answer to that, then the answer is no, right? If your name is Driver. Uh, supernova or nick then chances are i really enjoy arguing with you um outside of that <laughs> then i'm I'm probably not gonna argue with you um I, I like finding the liberals to to argue with like the most the most steadfast like if you take your liberal talking points from reddit and reddit only then i will argue with you uh if you if you genuinely research and believe what you believe then then i'll probably ask how you came to those conclusions and i'm not going to argue with you um, but if you if you directly pulled them from Reddit and can't defend your position, then I'm gonna crawl up your ass. That's it's just a thing I do. <laughs> I don't know why. I get off on it. Isn't that right, driver? Um anyway, mm. I digress. Nick, um, man, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad you're on the road to recovery and uh do what you have to do to make sure you get to spend forty more years with us, sir. Um yeah, get get that out of the way. We triggered we triggered Nick uh, a little too aggressively. I'm just kidding. I, that's that's not on us. Um, and uh, so, but anyway, he's here and uh, and he's queer and and we love him for it. Um, I, I made that last part out. That was that was just me fighting with him. Okay, I was I was I was just fighting with him. I was just playing. Uh, okay, it's Thursday, Thursday. Can I do a little housekeeping on the air? I'm supposed to do this off the air, but you know. I, <laughs> Who cares? Are you going sh- to shave really? your board and do some nutscaping? I was thinking about it, um, <laughs> I, but I, if I'm if I'm going to nutscape, I, I'm not I'm not going to groom before. And I mean, that's just it's part of the. Flare, can we, can we right? nutscape with the helicopter hovering overhead of Homeboy's house out there in Maine? That yes. scumbag piece of shit motherfucker. That's what I was going to do. That. Yeah, I go. think I think it would be perfect to have okay. like sun flare, ball hair, uh, you know. Uh, a flashbang going on in the background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then hopefully, grenades. As, as all that's happening, you know, he comes out on the front porch with, uh, with, uh, you know, his hands in questionable positions, and he takes, you know, fourteen, fifteen, two twenty-six to the forehead. Uh, and then, and then we all turn around and give a round of applause, and uh, we buy, we buy all the responding officers a cup of coffee. Um, <laughs> wow, wow. that's one, that's one way to handle it. Uh, but I was going to say, and I've kind of mentioned this privately, but uh, I wanted to say it out loud right now because um, uh, G- Green Greens Pro on on Twitter, uh, Paul Hurst, um, uh, we talked. He wants to come on the show. 
Um, Jay Pink, if I get you his email, can you can you ping him with some Absolutely. some date availability? Okay. Um, I just want to do that now before I forget about it. So I'll send you his email. We'll get him on. Um, also with, with, with Shaddix's new show coming on, I figured if we could get him on for at least a segment at some point, let him plug that. If anybody hasn't watched it, it is like one of the most genuinely just entertaining things to watch. <laughs> like people ask me <laughs> what I watch on YouTube and 99.9% .9 of it has nothing to do with turf grass, but that's the one that I can actually turn on and listen to and enjoy and learn something every time I listen to it. Right. Um, so um, if you, if you haven't checked it out, check it out. It is turf grass uh, epistemology and um, it is, it's, it's good to go. Um, it's, it's great content. So anyway, I'd like to get him on at some point and talk about that. Also been talking to him privately, you know, maybe, maybe figure something out for Louisville next year since he is a, uh, he is a Kentucky boy through and through. I figure, boy, he's in Louisville. He might as well show his face. Everybody can buy him a, a, a bourbon or three and, uh, and, you know, we, we all, we all have a good time. Pick his brain with a bunch of ridiculous questions. Of course, I'm not going to ask him grass questions. I'm going to ask him personal questions. Uh, he 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 enjoys talking about mental health on his channel too. Kind of in in, in betwixt the uh, the turf grass segments segments. I don't think I've been shy about doing that recently. And so uh, anyway, I think I think it would be fun fun conversations. In the words of um, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, Mike Tiffany Tiff Lauren, we, my wife and I were talking to his wife and uh, at, at Tosh. He's like, yeah, there's a there's a lot of neuro spiciness in this group, and I was like, man, that is that's an accurate way to put that neuro spiciness. Um, <laughs> I think that that might be indicative of the industry as a whole, though. Uh, I don't know. No, so I don't think so. People that are nerds that are really bad at getting their. I don't think out. so, Matt, because you What's see. To see here? The neural neurons okay. are your are your routine chucks in a truck that they do, you know, kind of sort of okay. And then you have the people that are extra. Yeah, yeah. I I mean look, if if you're routine, you're boring. Let's just let's just get that out mm -hmm. there. Mm-hmm. I mean, does anybody disagree with that? If you're routine, you're boring. If you're extra, yeah, there's nothing. There's whatever nothing it is you're extra about. about. There's some fun to be had there. Uh, you, you know, later on the show, I don't want, I don't want to get too far in front of ourselves because we have a phone call to make here in a minute. But uh, you know, some people are extra at not being good. Might talk a little bit about them later on, uh, and also do some housekeeping later on. There's a little, there's some there's some late late stage housekeeping to talk about too. Holy shit. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that, and that wild, um, anyway, he's home. Uh, so, you know, all that's, all that's, God bless. Well, that's good. Yeah, no doubt. Um, what are we doing tonight? I have, I have no idea what we're doing. Yeah, I know. I think it was just a recap Louisville and then, uh, we have to call Timmy here. So for those of you that don't know, Tim, Timothy Bluegrass, as he's colloquially known by, uh, Mr. Ronald Henry of the golf course Lawn Academy. Um, he was our special guest. So every year, the last three years we've done a live podcast taping well the first year i don't think we did i think take that back last year was the first one we did so yeah, yeah, yeah. uh last year we had nick or no not nick cheese uh, zach from utah from Greencastle mm -hmm. lawns and mm -hmm. that was a great show catching up with zach was a riot because he just how much he's like rapid that? fire man 
dude, he just kept, and I don't mean it's in a bad way. He kept hitting me with yeah. questions. Like, I feel like every time I talk to Zach, I'm boxing in a good way because he's like, all right, he's like my fucking sparring partner for turf. He just, <laughs> he comes up with some tough ones, man. You know, he's the, hitting me with the combinations. intellectual like, hot sauce he has. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, and that's spicy. it, it for, yeah, forces me to be on my A game. Absolutely. I got a confession to you 100%. all. I got a confession to you all. You know, Zach, what he does for me to me is typically because we're in a close time zone, Mr. Zach calls me at about seven or eight PM Hawaii time. That's perfect. And wait. What Zach does is Zach forces me to switch my brain back on and think. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I gotta think through because here he is. Uh, we're not exchanging pleasantries. He's asking me some pretty deep questions, and of course, uh, I should have known because he asked me some pretty deep questions when we met up in 2022. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the po- the <laughs> podcast was that, that that the the cast that we recorded which I, I i think is only available to members is that right jay pink has that ever been put out in the public eye or no uh, yeah it was made public okay yeah, pretty sure pretty sure we that made it was public. one of them that was one of the better casts i think we ever recorded it was like the first time we'd ever sat down like face to face with one another and not mm-hmm, like on mm-hmm. camera and did it and mm-hmm. so there was that element but there was also the element of like Zach did what he does in conversation right there with all three of us. Like he kept going yeah. and he would ask that extra question. It wasn't just, he'd take the answer at face value and be like, oh, okay, I'll think about that. Like he's a lawyer, you know, he's a, he's a long yes. guy and he's a lawyer. So yeah. Good For those of us that, so, you know, that don't know, uh, Mr. Zach Colebrook of Greencastle Lawn Care is actually a attorney in good standing. And so You've got the lawyer lawn guy, and that's a great combination because I, I, I can see where he and I align because, my goodness, I thought I was brutal dealing with people. <laughs> Meet Zach. Okay? <laughs> Meet Zach right there. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. I mean, I think that... Uh... You know, there, there's so many good people there, and it was good to see everybody. And um, there's never enough time on the ground there. So if you didn't yeah. go and you have fear of missing out, you should feel that. And it's okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll be back again. Um, it's it, it's just too good of a time. And I don't mean like, you know, yeah, there's people, you know, going crazy and, you know, overindulging and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, like, even outside <laughs> of that, just really good conversation, really good company, people that uh, go through the same shit same challenges and uh you know we commiserate online in our community we commiserate on here and uh share ideas share knowledge all that kind of stuff but you cannot cannot replace the in-person aspect of being able to do that and have a real connection with somebody so i'm super grateful not to get all touchy-feely and corny and shit but just uh blown away i mean every year matt sent me this you know super uh poignant text you know when he was driving up about like isn't this fucking crazy and it truly is like it's just amazing that uh everybody wants to come and not just to see us but to see each other right it's not just about us we're not some fucking special stars or anything like that so 
Anyway, I digress. Uh, we did have Timmy, though. Timmy was there. We talked about a range, a range of issues, because Timmy is yeah, also an incredibly smart dude. Uh, very neurospicy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Tim, uh, so, Tim is smart is an understatement. That's like, it's one of those weird things you have to qualify, right? It's like, Tim is incredibly smart, and that's an understatement. And it, and it, it doesn't make sense until you're looking at him uh, uh, person to person and talking to him. And you're like, oh, fuck me, man. <laughs> I was going to say like that, the, a better way of putting it is there are people who are smart that can, that, that are just genuinely smart. There are people that are smart that can apply their smarts. And then there are people that can do both those things and they can communicate it like that. And Tim, you can ask him any question. He is going to have a very well thought out, very well crafted response, even if it's just off the cuff. So Timmy mm-hmm. for president. 2024 look out without he's right in without he's right all right but he had some grass questions we didn't get to because we were so deep in the weeds on other things so we are already calling him hello hi tim well hi there hello hello hi hi tim what is happening i don't know man how are, uh, how are you? Tim, what, do, what do you what do you got going on? Tonight? I'm doing very well, Jim. Uh, very. Thank you for the kind words. I appreciate it. It was a pleasure and honor to be with you, and uh, it was it was a really really good time. Um, what you guys have, and just to to, to one up the uh, Matt Martin sentiment, uh, what you guys have developed here is a really amazing thing, and uh, I was like I said honored to be a small part of it. So two two things about Tim, and I want to I want to just share that I learned being in person with him. One, he is a fucking tall motherfucker. He's a yeah, large dude. True. He, he's yeah. he's probably he's probably this he's probably the small forward on our basketball team. I don't know that he's quite ready to go down there and bang the block. Are you six three? Yeah, I'm six three. I think you're a little taller than I am. I am. Yeah, Matt Martin's the four. He's he's the four. Yeah, Matt Martin's power forward. I guess. I bang on yeah. the boards, <laughs> yeah. baby. Yeah, and then you got Telly James. He'll, he'll be the point guard. So, um, <laughs> so Tim's really tall. The other thing I noticed about Tim, Tim gave into the peer pressure because we were sitting there at Spinelli's, the pizza place the night, uh, before he was set to fly out. And he's like, ah, I'm going to get there like 30 minutes before my flight. And I think it was, I can't remember if it was Evie or somebody else talking. He's like, Hey man, it's Friday. Everybody's flying out. You got to be careful. Mm-hmm. You want to get there early. And mm-hmm. Tim's like, ah, shit, we'll get there. Seven hours later, there's a post of uh, Timmy posting a picture of a like post zombie apocalypse picture from the airport where there's nobody in there at like seven o'clock in the morning. So Timmy will give in to peer pressure. <laughs> so, when he's drunk. So it was. Remember that, ladies. So it was, remember it was, that, ladies. Uh, James. It was James known as right, uh, LW50, James. I think, in these parts. Yes. And so I kind of split the middle, if I may. So I definitely wasn't there half an hour before, but I, I didn't do that two-hour thing. I think I was there somewhere around an hour ahead of time. And yeah, I just walked right through security. I mean, there was literally – I don't know how all these guys flew out, but it certainly wasn't Friday morning. Let's put it that way. Lucky like you, like David Clawson did. Private. Yeah. Effort. Yeah, lucky, lucky you because uh, yeah. I was literally standing in line – getting through the checkpoint for literally an hour, hour and a half. I was standing up for an hour, oh. almost an hour and a half. Yep. And that's like one of the worst. Exp- I mean, that's like being at the DMV. So uh, I feel, I feel your pain there, right? <laughs> yeah. And of course, you know, 
this time I didn't set off any of the special detectors. Oh. I did it. But a lady professor from University of Georgia, she did. <laughs> okay. And then and, Ray bought her lunch. No, and contrary and fed it to, and fed it to, to her. No. And contrary to what anybody would think, I know fuck well what they're looking for on those detectors. Okay? I know fuck well. It ain't random. Ray feeding this lady a sausage and cheese plate. Is that yeah. <laughs> what did you throwing it in her like she's arm for? Throwing it in her uh-huh. mouth like she's a Pomeranian uh-huh. on the floor. <laughs> say potassium permanganate one more time. <laughs> No, no, say no, I got one more for you. Say ammonium picrate. <laughs> and remember, remember, lady, diction is done with the tip of the tongue and the teeth. All right, <laughs> among other things. All right, Timmy, what are your questions? So my main, I really only have uh, one principal one, and uh, it's one that I've talked about in the Discord with uh, Ray and Yavi and maybe a little bit uh, RD on the sides. But I think as most of your listeners know, I grow um, Provista Kentucky Bluegrass, which has a lot of positives to it. Um, one of the biggest negatives is the seed head thing. And um, when I was on uh, Thursday, Thursday, the first time we showed pictures, I mean, it's it's really insane. It looks like you have a stand a poa annua but it's not um the only solution that i've seen so far is to reel most super low like three quarters of an inch um i don't honestly really want to do that i don't have i'd have to buy a new mower to do that and um i don't know it's just not my thing honestly so what i have come up with or maybe i should say what a friend of mine has come up with because this is an off-label application here but um what i'd like to play around with and what i wanted to talk through with you gentlemen is applying proxy as a uh um, I don't know, in the same way that proxy works uh, to suppress POA annuus seed heads, hoping that uh, it would suppress the seed heads on ProVista. And I wanted to talk through the application schedule, and I don't want to go too deep here. I don't want to take up too much time, but just kind of roughly run through it. I've, I, I've looked I, at some I think of the it is necessary to go deep Tech on and this Penn though. State, which are both in pretty close to where I live, and tried to figure out like a application schedule here in my head, and just kind of wanted to hear your thoughts, gentlemen. Okay, first when we when we talk about this, I think I think one of the things that's necessary to talk about is like what is I'd say there's gonna be more than one, right? But what are some of the factors that are going to contribute to seed head production, right? Um, because when you, when you notice it, right. And it, it varies by turf grass. And I'll, I'll say this. I have my experience with Kentucky bluegrass is a big giant zero. Okay. But, um, I'll, I'll say this with, with like Bermuda grass, right. You've got the green up period. And as you move from the green up period into like actual coverage, right. That's typically going to be seed head season. This is before you get into peak growing season. So it's like you have enough. Uh, light hours of the day for uh, to stimulate, you know, photosynthetic activity and all that fun stuff. But you don't quite have enough light to reach that full potential that the C4 plant is looking for. Right. So um, in effect, it would be like a partial shade coverage. And, and by partial, I'm using that extremely loosely because you you may be down still three hours of, of daylight hours a day or two hours of, of uh, light hours a day. 
But in that time period, we tend to see, um, uh, at least anecdotally in my in my experience, I feel like that is when uh, seed head pressure becomes its highest. Then that's why you also see it in the fall too, right? Kind of that reproductive cycle, lower uh, daylight hours in a day. Uh, and then all of a sudden you kind of get a resurgence there in the fall as well too. So is, is photo is, is photosynthesis or, uh, 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 light hours per day, one of the catalysts for the formation of seed heads. Okay. If that is yes. Okay. And we're going to, we're going to assume right now that that's yes. And I'll let y'all debunk this or, or carry on with it. It would make sense because I have seen varying degrees of research using, uh, growth regulators uh, to combat um, the photosynthetic demand of the plant, right? So maintaining turf quality in shade or in reduced light settings. Um, I've seen it in, uh, specific to cool season grass, right? Um, where if you are growing grass in limited sunlight availability, reducing the uh, the growth rate um and, and, you know, you could also do the same thing by limiting the amount of nitrogen that you apply, right? So uh, you, by limiting nitrogen, uh, using a growth regulator, there's less upward trajectory to reach for it, right? Demand on gibberellic acid to go look for that light. Um, there, therefore, you know, the, the, the photosynthetic demand is dropped. Not entirely. It's like you're not going to do away with the plant's need for photosynthesis, right? Because obviously, you know, uh, we, we, you got to draw energy, uh, but, uh, is, is that piece of it, you know, kind of interconnected and why, when you see something as aggressive as a growth regulator's proxy, why it can go as far as seed head prevention as well too. And I'm, I'm, I'm setting you up here because actually some people brought this up to me earlier today and I'm going to drop it like a bomb on y'all as well, too. Yeah. Uh, so note, there is some bait in this, but it is a genuine question I have, too. I'm, I'm kind of reinforcing Timmy's question. Oh, so a couple of things. Um, ugh, man, where to start? So I'll just say this. I'll, I'll, I'll bury without burying the lead. They've done a lot of this work at Scott's and from my conversations, anecdotal conversations have not seen the data they've said basically that their their control using proxy in conjunction with primo or uh trinexin pack ethyl edex has been somewhat up and down right okay so um where do i want to start okay so the the whole primo proxy thing right is what it's known as colloquially and you'll find programs for it if you look for that online and there's actually a really good paper that's out from, I think it was like last year, Ron Calhoun, who is a uh, turfgrass ecologist, weed scientist at Michigan State for a long time. He's with one of the uh, chemical manufacturers now. And I can't remember which, but a really, really good scientist. And this is a pub paper that he's publishing from data they took years ago. Uh, and now has just kind of gotten everything together and has put it out there and published it. But some good information in there. But the idea is, is that uh, at least in POA annua, right? So not poa pretensis which is kentucky bluegrass which has a later um formation of seed heads than what poa annua does a lot of that work has been centered there right so we already know that kentucky bluegrass behaves much differently with growth regulators and varies by uh the type of uh kentucky bluegrass right so america type shamrocks midnights subcompact compacts like 
all those things behave differently. And then even within cultivars, we see cultivar differences in terms of the amount of regulation that we get. And the reason that we have to combine these two, right, to get an actual reduction in seed heads is the way that they work, right? So uh, what's this? I got EV. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the Calhoun article, EV. So then uh, mm-hmm. Evie put this good picture up. Uh, J-Pink, if you want to pull that up out of Dirty Deeds, the one that he posted in that channel, I'll pull it up. This is a useful graphic to talk about what's taking place in the plant and uh, maybe where things are at. Okay, so uh, here are the plant hormones that are affecting growth and the different phases in, uh, of a uh, life cycle, whether it be perennial, annual, whatever, in which they actually affect the plant. Okay, so. Uh, with primo proxy, right? You have two different, um, two different uh, hormones that we're trying to affect at the same time, okay? Um, or simulate, okay? So with these two products, we're applying these at. Uh, I know on Poa Greens, the rate is zero point one two five fluid ounces of primo or TNX, along with five fluid ounces of uh, proxy, okay? Ethathon. And the idea here is that if you time this up right, and this is the work that Calhoun did, and he linked it, uh, Evie was nice enough to link that article, they're showing you uh, POA annual dates with growing degree dates. So like, if you're familiar with um, uh, Greenkeeper app, where they use uh, growing degree days to track you know, your re-interval application of TNX or other growth regulators, a new whatever you're using, they also sure. have tried to model this out for seed head uh, inflorescence, right? When seed heads are actually going to occur and when to time up your application such that you should be out yep. in front of that and prevent that. So in this particular case with four, seed heads forming much later in the year, I think the timing is what's going to get you because um, basically what Calhoun says is that later is a little bit better than earlier, right? So, and I don't know sure. that anybody has modeled out for, um, uh, for ProVista when that actually occurs. I'm sure maybe Scott has that data. I doubt they would share it, but that would be useful information to have to try and time up these apps and potentially nail it. So from a, a function standpoint, how the mechanics of this work, if I apply these two products at the same time, the Primo, if you're looking here on uh, Evie's wonderful graphic here that he shared, where uh, we're seeing cell growth, right, with the gibberellins, right? So that's producing top growth essentially, right? So we're pulling back on that lever to slow down top growth. And at the same time, we apply ethafon. Ethafon induces ethylene response. So just like when you uh, buy bananas at the grocery store, right? Those are yep. all green. Yeah, no, I know ethylene well in that context, yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 for, for grapes. So the, for the folks that are scoring yeah, at home, sure. ethylene produces senescence, right? It produces uh, the aging of a plant. So imagine that yep. my seed head is just starting to emerge, right? And I'm putting the ethafon out, so I'm pulling or I'm pushing way harder for that to mature and grow out, right? And it can't because we're limiting gibberellic production, um, you know, for the plant. So you do that twice, basically 28 days apart. You get pretty good control. It's not like the old school. What would be really, really fun to do is to take Ray. Why don't you talk about Embark and how Embark works or used to work? R.I.P. Okay, uh, and I wonder, I wonder what a... Embark would do to uh, Provista. It'd be fun to get our hands on some of that and have Timmy probably, do some FAFO. Embark would probably I'm be in. even more effective because what Embark was was Embark 
was literally a mitotic inhibitor. That is, it was its mode of action. However, uh, speaking of mitotic inhibitors, we do have mitotic inhibitors. However, they are rather rough in action <coughs> for use on fine turf. And uh, Ryan, you know what those three mitotic inhibitors I'm thinking of are for cool season turf? In Nazapir oh. and glyphosate. Let me see if I can get a good a good visual. The, the the thing about Embark was that it just yeah it shut down all my mitosis whatsoever. Yeah, it just shut down gone. all mitosis. And the problem with Embark is that you know you were writing a very fine line between attractive, commercially acceptable turf and turf grass that looked poisoned. Yeah, because a little dead. You know, because you know, you know where Embark was real popular on rough industrial roadside turf. That's where it was real popular because it would just put the kibosh on all the seeded formation and the vertical growth and because it's a roadside or highway, who cares if it looks a little yellow or brown? No big deal, right? But mm -hmm. then. I've also heard about how Embark plus Proxy was the old standard for Poa annua seed head control on golf courses, but at lower rates than what you'd deploy on a on a roadside. I mean, that, so it, I, I've heard of putting Embark on a golf course. I have heard of it being done. So there, there's that. <laughs> The only other thing I think Ryan, with, a couple, with Proxy... Oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead, Ryan. You go. Oh, all I was going to say is just uh, for the folks at home, Proxy as a standalone uh, growth regulator, you also have to be careful with it too. And I would really in be interested to see it on uh, ProVista, mainly because with that ethylene production, the senescence, right. it, it has a tendency to shorten up nodes and keep the crown real tight. And you'll get a lot yes. of scalping if you continue to overply it. So I don't know what that would do in the case of a dwarf plant, a really, really tight growing uh, plant that doesn't grow much like uh, Provista. But go ahead, continue with your questions. Sure. So, I mean, a couple of things. First, I'm not super concerned about scalping. I saw, I saw what you were talking about, Ryan, um, largely because I'm mowing it, I don't know, 1.75, 2 inches, uh, depending on, uh, I don't know, a variety of things. But uh, that's generally my height of cut. I don't think I'll be... I mean, I'd obviously crown, you know, is, is not dependent on that, but let's put it this way. I can be pretty careful on that. Um, next thing I wanted to add, or a couple things in this context I wanted to ask was looking at the Virginia Tech research done by Sean Askew and some research done at uh, uh, Penn State that combined proxy with a new, uh, both recommended, I think, based on Sean Askew's work, fall application somewhere in late November, early December in the mid-Atlantic, which is where I am. And that, that's what uh, 
Dr. Askew said. I don't know what your thoughts are there, Ryan. Um, again, for me, I'm working off 3,000 square feet here. So the cost of these applications, which could be huge in a professional context, aren't really very high for me. So I'm honestly, I could apply a couple times during the winter. Obviously, like you said, I don't want to overapply and end up with just insane amounts of ethylene. But on the other hand, I'm, uh, a fall application would not be a uh, financial wreck or anything like that. Sure. The, the fall application has become sort of the, the, the standard and the go-to in some areas of the country, particularly where there are lots of poa greens. So even through uh, the eastern part of the Midwest, there's definitely um, a, a, a push to do that, at least that one app right around Thanksgiving time. Um, and yep. again, I don't want to say mixed results, but uh, you'll have folks that say that that's the key to the kingdom, right? And you'll have other folks that say, I've seen nothing different than if I had done my two apps in the spring and been done. So um, I think with that, it's not going to hurt to try it. I think maybe even just do a check plot. You know, if you want to spray everything and just leave out sure. five square feet, something like that, and just see what happens. Mm-hmm. And then what about, Mick, um, I don't have TNX. What about a new, those are the same class, if I'm not incorrect, or am I wrong there? Uh, could I sub that in just honestly, in terms of a financial sense, I, I don't need TNX for anything else. And uh, no. if I can get away with using a new, I would prefer to just because again, I already have it. Right. They're both, they're both going to, they're both going to target gibberic acid protection. Right. Um, so right. yes, you, you, you'd be able to do that. Yeah. Um, I was looking at rates. I can send this to Jay Pank if it matters, but I was looking at rates uh, based on the Penn State research, and they were looking, you know, somewhere around three grams a thousand, or excuse me, about two and a half grams a thousand for a new mixed in uh, with the later, with the spring apps, if you will. I don't think there's any point to applying the new in the fall, but um, that was kind of what my plan was. If, again, if, if, you, if you think that's worth it. Um, again, proxy is not a, a major financial, you know, impact. So, um, again, not buying TNX would be helpful though, if I can avoid it. <laughs> no, no, I would, I, I would avoid it. And I think, uh, in this late stage, the anu or the gibberic acid inhibitor is not as important. Um, sure. there's certainly benefits to it. And those have, that's been studied too, of late fall applications and holding green color and things like that. Um, to having you know some marginal impact but nothing you know that's going to blow your socks off so i would say that um if it's truly the seed heads that you're going after and trying to and the other thing to remember is you're still going to get seed heads you're just hopefully not going to have the snow white lawn you know um yeah come june or late may I mean, anything would be an improvement. I mean, uh, I don't know. Jay Pink has the pictures. I don't even know if we want to throw them up, but uh, I mean, it's really, really bad. I think some people in the comments are uh, lawn radiance is talking about it. I mean, obviously it's, um, I mean, I think you were around. I was talking about killing it off for a while. I actually decided against that uh, for a variety of reasons. I, we can get into that another time, but uh, um, obviously the seed heads are, are pretty, are pretty, pretty bad. So it's interesting to see that Scott's is doing some work. I haven't heard Scott say a single public thing about these or even acknowledge the existence of the problem. So. Yeah. I'm looking at this data here. That you there you go. Look at that. Look at that. And that is, mm. to be clear, for people watching this who are, like, losing their minds, the parts where you don't see seed heads are fescue. Like, that that has some overseed fescue in it. That's my backyard where I tend to over, or just uh, drop fescue seeds in the dog spots. This is pretty wild. Dude, this is terrifying. I mean, imagine looking at this for 
early May to almost July 4th. Looks like, like Tony Montana's Matt's talking. Can't hear him. He's on mute. Are you yeah, mute? Matt is on mute. Nope. He's He, he said, fuck <laughs> off. All he of you. Matt gave <laughs> up. Yeah. yeah. Reconnect. Matt. Holy smokes. Try it. Holy smokes, Timmy. That is incredible. Yeah, it's really bad. And I mean, so, so incred- I mean, here we can make this a little more fun for people. But when this first happened, so I planted ProVista 2020. This showed up in 2021. And I remember posting in the Discord and Aldo like teasing me, but saying like, is your lawn 100% POA annual? And I remember thinking like, dude, maybe I fucked up this reno, maybe my whole thing. But uh, as the first picture J-Pink showed, I mean, it's clearly ProVista seed heads. And, you know, I've pulled enough cores out of this ground that obviously everything's rhizotomous. This is not POA annua. This is... Provesta mode high um, again, and not even crazy high. This is not three or four inches. This is probably when this picture was taken. It's at you know again one point seven five or two. So it is. It's wild. It is a wild thing that again I don't think Scott still wants to tell anybody about. <laughs> uh, Mike, but check. it'll be cool. I appreciate. I appreciate the cool, uh, cool. time, and it'll be cool to You're work on. with uh, Proxy and see uh, how this all goes down. So. Okay, real, real quick, and if you if you got a dip, I just encourage you to please keep no, listening good, to good. me. So my my okay, back back to the question with with photosynthesis, right? Um, the reason why I I brought that up is is twofold. So one, do you think there is a play like I was talking about, right? You know, lessening by lessening the demand of light via the gibberellic uh, uh, acid pathway, are you are you fucking with the necessity of the the total photosynthetic burden on the plant? Are you you're not asking me that, right? No, I'm 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 asking Rand Ryan because I'm I am totally yeah. just <laughs> I was like, I, Re- that restate that question. There. Okay, so um okay. All right. And I'm, I, you you understand, I'm parsing this from a couple different ideas, right? Like one, you can improve turf quality in the shade by using a growth regulator, right? I think I think that research has been done enough to, to be able to say, you know, that for the most part, that's going to work that way. Is that mm-hmm. because you're lessening the photosynthetic demand of the plant by interrupting the gibberellic acid pathway, gibberellic acid, acid production, right? Um, you are, you are lessening, um, how, how much, uh, uh, food production needs to take place, right? So therefore the, the photosynthetic burden to the plant, uh, the demand for food production via photosynthesis drops. I don't know, to be honest, in terms of, I think it has more to do with, you know, the tightening of the chloroplast and making photosynthesis more efficient in a filtered light environment but okay. what you say make makes sense like you know hey if and, i have and it's i'm totally just fucking theorizing like way out here in field. Mass, then i have less food to produce right so yes and I, there's I, less gibberellic acid so you're not growing upward therefore in requirements aren't aren't the same you know there's a lot of it's kind of just shit that you know interconnected i guess is where i'm going with it point being is uh, I don't know if anyone has seen the Herald's article about stress relief um, uh, 
Let's see. Harold's uh, photosynthesis. So there is um, shade tolerance on lawns using Harold's Max. All right. I'm going to send this to uh, uh, JPink to throw up here. And JPink, if you um, go down to the second paragraph here, and it says a... A growth chamber study was conducted at Virginia Tech University under the direction of Dr. Zhang to explore the potential value of stress release applications to creeping bent grass growing under shade cloth. The shade cloth only allowed 70% photosynthetic active radiation to reach the canopy, creating an environment very similar to what a lawn might receive. And what, what they ended up seeing is that somehow using acetates in here, in this particular product, stress relief is, is a potassium acetate. And I'll, I'll go back to explain why acetates, right? But what you see is a lessening need for light, right? And uh, so even though you're restricting the amount of, uh, of photosynthetic active radiation that's reaching the plant, you're still having high turf quality. Of it. And the only thing different is that you're supplementing with an acetate. Okay. Now... There is another study out of uh, University of Delaware, and uh, this is published in Nature, and I'm going to throw this up. Yeah. And this is artificial uh, photosynthesis system for energy-efficient food production. And this is talking about using electrolysis in uh, a uh, potassium hydroxide solution to produce um, a, uh, an acetate. Uh, right, uh, because of the electrolysis, uh, and you know, you're based on the the composition of the plates, you're creating acetates. And what they ended up seeing is that carbohydrate was production as if it, carbohydrate production was occurring as if it was exposed to sun. Here's a good one to read. Hang on. Uh, let me send this link here. So uh, this is not, and, and, and again, I, I want to I make it clear that, you know, I'm not saying is that, you know, you can use uh, acetates to completely avoid photosynthesis, right? And because in, in one of these studies you see they're using lettuce, right? And like you, obviously lettuce and the nutrient demand with a low nutrient demand, you know, the, the photosynthetic demand of the plant is not, is not going to be as high, right? Um, so Anyway, I'm 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 wondering, right, is is here's the other thing too. If you're using an acetate, right, and say say you're just using potassium in general as a fertilizer, you're restricting in. And if you're restricting in, are you restricting gibberellic acid? And kind of giving the same effect that you would get from using a growth regulator, right? And it, it, you're just doing it through nitrogen starvation instead of applying something to block the gibberellic pathway. Does it, do you see where I'm going with this? Yeah, mm -hmm. I see totally where you're going with it. And in fact, Matt, that is the entire basis of my agronomic program. You know, manage in uh, and growth regulate. And that's the basis of the program. It's opposite of... Those people that want to essentially harvest hay. So, you know, and and I'm, I think there's still a long way to go on this. You know, using acetates as a way to supplement photosynthesis. Right? I don't, I don't buy into this. But you know, we at least have 
this piece here um, uh, from uh, uh, Dr. Zhang, which again, is this, I, I would have to go through this with a fine tooth comb before I buy a hook, line and sinker that magically potassium acetate is a catalyst for reducing the photosynthetic demand of the plant. Right. Um, and so where, where I'm going with this and, and to bring all of this together is if indeed, is it worth trying to take a proxy primo or proxy primo, a new approach at managing seed heads, and then add something to it like an acetate. If you're still improving turf quality, uh, in a reduced photosynthetic active radiation availability scenario could could that couple decreasing the amount of, uh with with the with the PGRs decrease the amount of seed head production i don't think anybody knows that fucking answer but um in my opinion i think this may be something worth trying out if you can get your hands on potassium acetate cheap which realistically you can so if anybody wants to try it out and report back by all means Matt, I might have used, what was the potassium source and depth scythe? Was that potassium formate or potassium acetate? Because I definitely spray that somewhat regularly in the spring. Uh, so. but that's, that's uh, actually, that's acetate. So, like, yeah, I can't remember whether it's acetate or formate. But uh, either way, uh, I definitely used that in the spring. I, I don't know that it made any real difference. And I certainly didn't have anything to compare it against, so. And that and that that has a nitrogen load too. I would think I would think you restrict nitrogen to zero. Um, oh I don't I don't have any potassium acetate laying around in acidity. I might soon. If I do, I will get it out to you huh. because it's something I I'm I'm just curious, right? And I'm sure that a lot of the growth chamber study that we see here out of Virginia Tech is going to begin and end here, right? Because you got you got good results. You can steer into it. This is this is all the marketing information you need to go balls to the wall, full throttle selling this product, right? Um, uh, and and it, you know, I'm sure it would. This is something that could be you know catch catch the attention of uh, like Dr. Shaddix, for example, and he could run with it and probably probably give you a lot more answers to it in the in the long run than I'm certainly capable of doing. But again, it got my brain thinking because just earlier today I was talking to the Centipede guys about this because they sent that to me and was like acetates are taking the place of photosynthesis and i was like eat all of my balls no way that's not possible and i read it and i was like okay still not convinced but uh in a in a fafo type of scenario especially in this particular instance where you're talking about unmanageable levels of seed head production what do you really have to lose you're not going to apply anything that will increase seed head production as far as i know uh, I have never seen potassium or potassium acetate as a catalyst for seed head production. Maybe if you're applying high rates of potassium nitrate, but then again, you're also supplying a shitload of nitrogen there too. And an extremely salty form, uh, a, a stressfully salty form of, of, uh, of, um, of N and K. It would be the same thing, you know, if you did like an application at KOH, for example, right? That's an extremely salty way to get down or, or potassium phosphate, an extremely salty way to get down K. I could see over salting it to the point, you know, if you're running 9, 12, 15, 18, 21 ounces per thousand, then yeah, you're, you're going to, you're going to create some issues, but I digress. 
Um, yeah, I have one more question. It's, a, it's, uh, it's, it's a little yes. neurospicy, but a little more uh, broadly applicable beyond uh, like the six people in the world that have ProVista. Okay. <laughs> Am I good to do that? Oh, yeah, 100%. All right. Permission granted. So, Ryan, last fall you posted a University of Florida article on turfgrass fertilizers, and the authors there noted, and I'm quoting here, Ammonium nitrate generally does not impart as dark a green color as does ammonium sulfate. And I remember reading that and thinking, well, first, uh, just to be clear, in case like the FBI is listening to this podcast, I will not be applying ammonium nitrate, so I will not be finding this out. But why would one end source versus another produce color difference? <clears throat> Obviously, some are <laughs> earlier than others, but why would ammonium sulfur. nitrate produce less of a dark green color <laughs> than ammonium sulfate? Sulfur. Mm-hmm. Sulfur is a macronutrient and generates sulfur a dark, a darker green color. Yes, oh, right? so because, it's sulfur. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because ammonium nitrate is thirty-four zero zero, right? And all of all of ammonium nitrate is just nitrogen plus some hydrogen ions from the ammonium molecule, but with AMS, you get the side benefit of 24% sulfur to go with that uh, okay. um, ammonium sulfate. And that sulfate form of sulfur is available to your plants. So you are getting like an additional benefit. And I know this has become an internet meme as well that ammonium sulfate makes grass darker green in many instances versus urea or ammonium nitrate. And uh, I figured that out decades ago. Okay? I figured that out a long time ago. I feel like calcium nitrate has always done that for me, but that's completely anecdotal and without, uh, <laughs> again, without any uh, research behind it, just uh, my own experience. Okay, but, Gentlemen, uh, I've taken up enough time tonight. I really appreciate everything, and uh, it was a blast being on the show and a blast seeing you guys in Kentucky. Have a good night, Tim. Peace. Have a good night, Matt Martin. I will talk to you all soon. Good night. night. There you go. The Timmy here. Before. What are we looking at here? Oh, that is uh, untreated in the middle. Embark all around it. No embark in the middle. Now, this mm-hmm. is towards the end of the cycle when the seed heads are really popping, but I can guarantee you that two or three weeks prior to that, that green was like the cast of yellow, like your jaundice. <laughs> and you mowed all 18 greens in the practice green and didn't empty your buckets once. You know, <laughs> embark. Yeah. Embark is one one hell of a PGR, rather aggressive. And this mitotic inhibition also parlayed over into a wide variety of plant species as well. Because I'm familiar with Embark being used to control the growth of shrubs and hedges, by the way. However, the effect of it was not pretty. It's not for the faint of heart, but somebody no. somewhere one time was like, "Hey, let's go apply this to greens. Let's just start right there, and, and we'll go for <laughs> it." So 
you can still buy there it's it's it was discontinued but i do know there are some outlets that still carry it on the interwebs so tim if you're feeling brave next spring you know let's see how yellow you can turn that lawn that'd be fun speaking of how yellow you can turn a lawn j pink it's been a minute since we've had an a, an episode uh for either burn and return or uh thirsty thursday so let's do a special thursday night edition of jono's turf <laughs> jono's turf Hi, I'm Joe. I'm gonna give you a bunch of accurate turf facts today. Because Joe knows turf. <laughs> Does he know turf? Does well, in, in in our case tonight, Joe mows turf. Actually, uh, this was sent into us just today. It's fresh off the presses, and I feel a little bit bad. Uh, because I noticed that the, there was a photo of uh, Polo who visited with us uh, and Cam and this gentleman in a, in a photo on Instagram. But uh, I just want to comment and use this as a, as a teaching tool. And let's just have this conversation here. So we're going to watch this video. We're going to read some of the comments and then we'll, we'll, we'll do some reactions here. So Jay Pink, go ahead and queue up the video and then we'll dive into the comments here. I get to put the, you got to put the volume on. Start her over. Give me the volume. All oh, the volume. Be loud, J. Pink. I'm gonna play around with. Little backstory on this property. I've been doing this yard for a while now. And as you can tell by the color of the lawn, this grass is very lush and has that dark green color. That's a key indicator that this lawn is healthy, at least for now. I say that very loosely. Reason being, this customer likes her lawn cut in a particular way. Let me explain. So for lawns like this, which are fescue mixed with bluegrass, a good mowing height is somewhere around four inches, sometimes even higher than that. This lady insists that I cut her yard at three inches. And every time she tells me to go lower, I explain what going lower will do to her lawn, which is give it a yellow tint, along with having excess thatch. These two clips are from the springtime and they're several weeks apart. This particular clip right here, I'm starting to cut it lower and you can start to see a difference in the color of the lawn compared to the one earlier. But at the end of the day, it is her yard and she is the one that is paying. So I'm gonna do what she wants to make her happy. Alrighty, we are Pause. back. So Okay, so uh, this is a clip from a, a gentleman named That Lawn Dude on, uh, on the gram, on the Instagram there. First of all, uh, I just like, would like to comment before we get to the agronomic talk about how antithetical this guy's approach to customer services when compared to one of Matt Martin, where this is my lawn now. I treat your lawn. I will tell you what gets done on this lawn. And if you don't like it, lady, guess what's going to happen? You know, you don't see Matt Martin going in there asking if you want the shrubs squared or rounded. Am I right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> where is that ammonium nitrate? We're, we're going to double app it, you know? Typic bay rates on your, uh, on your front lawn. Is that too Yikes. <laughs> No, Sorry. that's not harsh at all. And Terry, Terry, Terry Nichols, somewhere in, in Florence, Colorado. Have a nice night, Terry. Um, mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Go, go ahead and click those comments real quick. So Kenny, our good friend, Kenny Cooper, who was in Louisville, but we missed him. He didn't, didn't make it out to hang out with us. Um, probably because he hates us secretly, deep down. He's tired of Matt making fun of his accent, I think. It's okay. <laughs> Here's Matt not caring. 
All right, so Kenny says, Keller would stay if it got mowed more than once a week. I get you only mow the property once a week, but that could easily be maintained three inches and keep its color if it was mowed every four to five days. All right, so moving down here, let's read this here. Incorrect, says that lawn dude. It really depends on the type of turf you're mowing. The lower you cut it, the more heat stress the lawn will experience, resulting in yellow <laughs> color and a dried out lawn. Okay, so there's three what? different things now what just, just the four, four four different things actually so the first thing he said in the video was that if we the, the ideal height for a cool season mix this is what he describes as tall fescue in kentucky, in kentucky bluegrass don't know if it's irrigated don't care he's saying that the ideal height mowing height of that is four inches maybe even higher okay so that's thing number one number two he says that mowing lower at three inches will cause excessive thatch Okay, that's thing number two. Now, number three, move over wow. here to the comments that if we mow it lower, we're going to create more heat stress in the lawn and that the uh, resulting yellow color will make it dried out. Or maybe those two are interlinked. I can't tell from his language here. But anyway, um, you know, Kenny gave him a response that, hey, like there's cultivars that can be mowed down there. Go ahead and slide down, Jay Pink. And uh, let's see here. But not with as Chase mentioned, especially where you and I are at. You can definitely maintain that mix. Yeah, that's Kenny. You're annoying, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Martin and this guy agree. Someone doubling down and incorrect is annoying to me. Okay. So uh, listen, let me ask you this, gentlemen. Does anybody have any evidence to support that lower mowing heights contribute to thatch? Wow. Uh, Wow, uh, right? I, I, I check I, my I, I, yeah. Anecdotally, I f I found <laughs> the opposite to be true. Okay, I found the opposite to be true regarding thatch. Because do you know why I mow low? Please tell us. Specifically for thatch control. Okay, specifically hmm. to control and manage thatch. Because, you know, old boys that thinking that you're going to kill a lawn if you mow it below four inches, you know what my first words to him would be? If that is your concern, then get a better mower. That's my first words to him, because what I understand is, yes, you will kill grass if you use a rotary mower on it and you try to set it low. Where is your triplex, guy? Or where is your 26 or 30-inch walk-behind reel? Where is it? Because when I see somebody with a rotary mower telling me that they cannot mow low without having all kinds of negative effects occurring, I do give them a pass for that. Because that is true. I do give them a pass. Mm -hmm. But uh, the question is, is if somebody is asking you to mow lower, then it is on you as the professional to then educate that customer. And if mowing lower is agronomically indicated, get the right equipment. 
for goodness sake, get the right equipment because uh, somebody with the bluegrass lawn, I say they could definitely use an appropriately set up real mower. Don't get it down to green height, but then yeah. mow it low. <laughs> you know, I, I think from mow a practical <laughs> standpoint, if you're, if you're not going to real mow it, that uh, Evie made the, the mention here in the comments uh, in the chat that you know the the confusion I think in the thatch thing lies between clippings that are generated and thatch production, mm-hmm. which are two totally separate issues. Separate, okay, two separate so issues. Absolutely. Don't, yeah, don't conflate that. The uh, the issue of the appropriate mowing height, I think that lawn care companies don't mind mowing that high. And certainly there's, there are benefits from an agronomics perspective. We know that uh, I can't remember what the actual percentage is, but for every one inch that you go above, uh, you know, for, if you go from one to two, two to three, two, three to four, the reduction in um, grassy weeds, summer annual grassy weeds, particularly crabgrass goes down significantly with each inch that you go up. So, uh, there is a benefit there on mowing high. However, I also think from an aesthetic point of view and from an agronomic point of view that uh, there's a certain point where, you know, texture, we call it, how much the grass stands up, how much it lays over, all that kind of stuff. You got to manage that and don't walk out of the lawn and look like it hasn't been mowed two days after you walked away from it. So um, on the uh, on the heat stress thing, uh, mowing it lower Again, I don't know that there's any any information or data that supports that, that there's a greater propensity for heat stress in particular with lower cut turf. Now, certainly we're not talking about greens height or anything like that, but in, in a lawn situation, what that would do. So anyhow, it was a good chance to highlight, uh, you know, some things that are out there, some things that you see. And um, I'm sure this guy's a great dude. I got no, no beef with him, but, you know, if you got, how, how many how many followers he got? A lot more than us. Remember, we don't mm-hmm. own houses that are more than five hundred thousand dollars. We're not important. We haven't made it in life yet. Good gravy, good gravy. Four hundred thirty-five thousand followers. So, uh, unreal. A uh, an internet lawn care expert. So, sir, have a good day. And if you need help, seriously, come on the show. We'll talk to you. I don't think this guy treats lawns. I think you just think he mows. And maintain so uh a little bit different over here on this side science are good it is you know and again we could hammer down into just the most extreme nuance here but i, I mean i think it's yeah. so simple to look at this at face value and just say like look exactly what you're stating that you think is going to happen is inherently false okay and 10 different ways from sunday now if you're letting it grow to eight inches and you cut it down to three inches on a on a once every four week cut interval, okay, yes, you know, is there is there going to be a re a rebound effect that is going to to drive a greater demand for water needs that may induce drought stress a few days earlier on that lawn versus the other lawns, okay. But it would literally require that kind of fuckery to produce that kind of result. Uh, if if a lawn care company is out there cutting it on a seven-day interval, and heaven forbid it's a 14-day interval, the chances of you seeing this is nil, okay? In in the best of scenarios, it is it is nil. It is not something that your eyes are going to notice, especially at three inches. 
if you're maintaining it once a week under a vigorous fert and squirt program at uh at, at three tenths of an inch, yeah, you could probably cause cause some drought stress issues on a once a week at three tenths of an inch mowing interval, right? But again, at three inches, at four inches, at five inches, no man. Are you going to create thatch in that scenario? No, man. Not at all. Not nope. once. Not ever. Uh, it is it is brain exploding insanity. Honestly, from our perspective, you know, from you know, forty plus years of experience, uh, it is that is mind numbing to read. As a matter of fact, and it's frustrating. So understand, please understand that we're not saying it to slight you. We're saying it because it's frustrating because literally decades in this industry, we have never seen that to be the case. Uh, but with a very high degree of confidence, not only did you think that was the case, but you also have people coming in to say anyone who believes that is annoying. Uh, uh, you know, who, who, who believes, you know, Kenny's take is annoying. Uh, I don't know. So I, I, so. it is. <laughs> Can we get a brain purge? Thank you. Back Thank back you. back when I was maintaining three inches weekly, the only thing it got me was two kids. So <laughs> the good old days, uh, Ray. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. It's it's ten thirteen. Uh let's go ahead and wrap up this show. We're gonna go uh uh kick it over with the uh with with the with the fine people. I'm gonna label it that way today. Uh, it is, it is going to be a little bit more free flowing over there. You will hear adult language, adult talk. If you're not into that kind of thing, no harm, no foul, stay away from it. Uh, if you are okay with that, and if you are okay and you want to be part of a community that is interested in becoming and doing better, and that's a very blanket statement because I mean that in the most, however you wish to apply, being a better human, being a better dad, being a better husband, being a, a better physically fit, uh, being more dangerous to the world around you in a positive way, <laughs> being a better leader, being a better business owner, uh, uh, being better in your career field of choice. If you're interested in being better, uh, patreon.com forward slash burn and return. If you have no desire to do that, if you do not like individual responsibility, if you do not think bootstraps belong uh, anywhere in a person's repertoire that deserve to be pulled on from time to time, you're probably not going to fit in. No harm, no foul. We love you anyway. Um, but for the rest of us, we're going to go hang out over there and chit chat for a hot minute and, uh, and see what we come across. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We will catch y'all on Sunday. Bye.